This is the Bob Olin Show on KDAL. All right, jumping into the Bob Olin Show here on a Tuesday, the 27th of June. Good morning, Bob. Well, good morning, and uh, it's amazing the difference one week will make. One week ago, <laughs> we were burning up, and yeah. I hope most people got adequate rain here in the last uh, several days. Yeah, we had about an inch, a little over an inch officially at the airport just on Sunday alone, and there was more, a little more rain on Saturday, too. But uh, that still leaves us, Bob, believe it or not, uh, 1.6 inches below the normal for this time of year. Isn't that something? Yeah, and I know some places, of course, this time of year we get showers that uh, don't evenly distribute their abundance mm. to their goodness. No people that got five and six inches, and no people that got a half an inch. Yeah. So it's uh, it's quite uh, quite variable. Uh, a little more rain in the forecast. Is that right for Wednesday? Yeah, actually, it looks like the rest of the week, Wednesday through Friday, there's at least a chance of showers every day. But I think the best uh, chance is coming up tomorrow and tomorrow night. Okay, well that uh, that's good news. You know, we still got. Warm temperatures. I heard the lower 80s. Is that correct? Uh, away from the lake. Of yeah, course. away from the lake. <laughs> That's the key, yeah. I guess. Well, we got plenty of sunlight. We've got uh, hopefully adequate moisture now, and uh, certainly we're going to have warmer temperatures. These are just about ideal growing conditions. So, if folks uh, gave up a little bit on their initial plans, uh, don't hesitate to get some more product planted. You can still seed things out. Uh, there are transplants that are still available. And, uh, you know, you can do things uh, for a main season crop right up until about the 4th of July and then a little after that for any of your fall crops. So if people got discouraged by the hot and dry conditions or, as we talked about last week, uh, sometimes you can lose a lot of the seedlings. You put in a very shallow seedling, uh, seeds maybe a quarter of an inch or on near the surface, so you're reseeding grassy areas, and then it gets hot and dry, you don't have adequate moisture, you can lose some of that seed. So... Don't hesitate to to, uh, to reseed. You know, the other thing that's rather remarkable, uh, we didn't have a lot of weed pressure early because there wasn't the moisture, but there's a lot of annual weed seed sitting there. So I would caution people not to feel too uh, confident that you won't have a weed issue this year because uh, with the moisture we've had, you give them about a week and they can germinate uh, very, very aggressively. So these are a lot of the annual weeds, Dave, that uh, for gardeners, uh, they can be an issue for farmers, of course, they're an issue. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the real limitations on productivity, you know, we go way back uh, before the Second World War in the state of Minnesota. We, Our corn yields were down in the 30-bushel acre, 40-bushel acre, and they're two, three, four hundred right now per acre. But one wow. of the real issues is always weeds. Weeds are vicious competitors. Nature just hates a vacuum. So if there's open soil, it fills it with something. And actually, that's the nature's way of preventing erosion and soil loss and so forth. But uh, you, of course, have got a competitor with a lot of those weeds. I might say, you know, we've got the two main weed types. We've got our perennial weeds. We've got the annuals. It's the annuals I'm a little concerned about right now. This is all the seed that's sitting there. that sat there through the month of May and the month of June, driest uh, May and June we've had on record, I believe. I recall you saying there, Dave. Yeah. And... Uh, is that correct? This was one of the real dry, dry periods, dry springs for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, thankfully uh, we got that moisture over the weekend, but uh, before that there was a big dry period between all the snow we had and then the rain we had just last week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think uh, 
Well, one thing we can say for sure is that uh, the weather will be variable. There you go. And, of course, with all the issues about climate change, people are uh, wondering what's happening. I think we've had <laughs> a lot of variability, obviously, for a long period. We go back to the Dust Bowl era that we... Uh, we've been around a while, Dave, both you and I, but yeah. we don't remember that era. No. But I know that was pretty brutal as well. It seems and, to catch uh, up to the story. average at some point, no matter what. I mean, we can get a big dry period, but then we get a big wet period, and then it averages out again. It tends to average out, mm-hmm. and it would be perfect if we could just monitor it uh, <laughs> uh, just nice and uniformly. We had a nice little showers, no right. heavy washes, no heavy rains, but that's not going to happen. But water is the key, yeah. and I think of, uh, you know, we've, I've worked with some of my colleagues over in India, and they, their big issue is the water issue, and they've got lots of folks that they're trying to feed, so you know, you put all well, this in perspective and it's really good to see that rain on the weekend and what's coming up here. I'm so appreciative and so thankful everyone in this glorious country should be, because uh, we don't have much to say about the water. What comes down from the heavens is what really... Uh, really provides for the abundance that we have uh, from the land. We've got some irrigation now. We worry a little bit about drawing down some of that uh, the water table in the process. We're still so dependent on uh, our natural water supply. And uh, hopefully it keeps coming, but we're looking forward here. I might advise, you know, it's a good day if people get the opportunity today or tonight to get out and get some things in the garden, uh, direct seeding if you want to seed any one of those uh, crops. you know, green beans will still come and peas will still come, and it might be a little late for corn and a few other things, uh, but certainly uh, a lot of crops will still come, and it's just moisture and this continuous moisture that's really extremely beneficial. But with that, where I started this little discussion on annual weeds, they're sitting there, and I was out early this morning looking at some of my plots, and I can see that little teeny carpet of green there. <laughs> now is it... <laughs> Yeah, that's not AstroTurf. That's, yeah, yeah. that's a lot of lamb squatter and pigweed coming to just uh, compete mm-hmm. with my crops. So you got to get in there. It's just a very shallow cultivation. Drag just a hole or a rake, quarter of an inch. Right now, uh, those uh, with that rain we had on the weekend, that weed seed has germinated. Warm, ideal conditions. You can't even see it. So I would advise people for some of these annual weeds, uh, weed before you can actually see the weeds very easy just scrape the surface you give them a week or two and then you've got a a tough competitor and you're going to do a lot of a lot of weeding and you know that takes some of the joy out of it we really want this gardening experience to be joyful for people i think weeds uh, i've worked with a lot of our community gardeners and community plots and it seems like uh, weeds are something that really discourages people so right now is the time you got open soil we've had moisture you don't think you've got weeds i guarantee you do uh just get out there and uh exercise skip that trip to the gym mm-hmm. and uh just uh, work on that whole a little bit shallow cultivation even though you don't see the weeds and you will save yourself an awful lot of grief a little bit later in the season do you need to pull the weeds out then once you got them loosened up or just leave them there after you kind of scraped them well the nice thing is right now they're so small yeah. you just have to scrape them okay uh, you're you're we have uh this weed seed when it germinates it's what is we call a white root stage so mm-hmm. All of these weeds will, as they emerge from the seed, they have kind of a very white root. Uh, just damaging that or hitting them at this point with a hole, and they're done. If you give them a week, then you're going to have to pull that entire root out because the root's well established. So that's oh the difference. Right now, they're they're you know they're in their infantile stage. They're mm-hmm. very vulnerable, and uh, you can save yourself a lot of trouble just by flower beds, uh, areas around your fruit trees that might be open and exposed, uh, your vegetable garden, any open soil at all 
Uh, just scrape that surface right now, even though you don't see any weeds, because I can guarantee you they're there, and uh, they'll be out in a very short time if you don't get after them. You get after them right now, and uh, you might have your problem uh, pretty well under control for much of the season, but uh, this is a very critical time to do some of that real easy weeding. Well, like everything else, uh, not everything about gardening is easy. <laughs> there's a lot There's a lot to it. The more, you, the more you do it, the more you learn how much there, you there go. is to it. All right, well, there's something for everybody. You don't have to know a lot. Uh, you can have some fun at any level, but if you really want to get proficient, then you have to pay attention to a lot of details. It's kind of a high-management type of endeavor, yeah. and uh, I always admire we're seeing so many beautiful, beautiful perennial gardens, I think. You know, we had that subsoil moisture you talked about from all of that snow we had at a dry period, but uh, that did really affect some of the deeper rooted trees, shrubs, ornamental, uh, flowering perennial, and uh, these are going to be absolutely magnificent this year. So you have to step back and smell the old proverbial roses, enjoy the beauty that we have in our landscape. All right, we'll take a break and be right back. More of the Bob Olin Show on KDAO. Well, Bob, as you mentioned, with that precipitation, all the lawns came back very nicely. I know mine did. What was uh, starting to turn a little brown is green right up, and uh, weeds are growing like crazy in the grass, too. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, we talked about the fact that uh, a good, a common Kentucky bluegrass and mm-hmm. nice perennial grass will take uh, dry periods. This is pretty darn dry. Fortunately, we had that moisture underneath. Now, there are some areas. Because you're right, some did green up real nicely, particularly had the moisture. But driving around the community, I see some areas that uh, got so dry. And Ooh. just a word of, of wise or wisdom, if, if in fact we have a dry period like that, that grass, you got to stay off it. If you keep the kids off it, don't drive your car. There were so many grad parties. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I saw one, one front lawn where they parked the cars out on the front lawn. Now, normally... You know, laws are made to be used. I wouldn't be overly concerned about that. But frankly, with all of that pressure and uh, that, that uh, on a dry lawn like that when they're under stress, they're going to have to do a little reseeding. Now, give it some time. we got some more rain coming and see if it greens up. If you've got areas that uh, didn't make it through because of the water stress and maybe some other kinds of stress, even a softball game or soccer game out there, can you know, when that grass is vulnerable like that, it can be stressful. We're going to have an opportunity. It's not an ideal time to do any overseeding. So let things go in that lawn. Uh, Let's just see what happens with our moisture and rainfall and if the perennial grasses come back again. Best time of the year really to take care of the lawn, whether you're reseeding, sodding, uh, controlling your weeds, your fertilizing is really going to start about August 15th. So we have a little time here. Let's see what happens in the month of July, and then we can give you some instructions. I do know, uh, even in my own situation, I got a couple spots that were high and dry and had no moisture, and uh, I think they may have to be reseeded. Even though those are uh, good, strong perennial grasses, uh, you can go from dormant to dead if uh, if you have a real vulnerable area, full sun or sandy soil. I'm thinking of one area. I've got a knoll that's a little high. It's sandy, full sun, wind whips across there, and there's been traffic on it as well. And uh, that's an area that... Uh, has not greened up for me yet, and we'll see what happens. But All if right. it doesn't green up, we have a nice opportunity coming into uh, uh, the early fall. Is perfect for that kind of thing. Dave. Bob, let's head to the phones to find out what we've got a question here for you. Not hi, who's this? Hi, this is Milt. Go ahead. Hello, hi, Milt. Bob. Hey, I appreciate all that you do for our audience, listening audience. You're just great. I have another one that kind of oh, lines up kind. with what I'm talking about. 
I have a lot of grass that has grown real high during this time when we had, you know, hot and then rain and all that. And someone is going to seed at the top. Is it okay to let that keep growing or could I cut it soon so it reseed itself from the grass seed? Well, that's great. Yeah, they do. Grasses do have a seed head that forms at the top if you just let it go, of course. And uh, yeah. I think what I would do, if you wanted to reseed, I probably wouldn't cut it at this point. Let's make sure that the, those seed, uh, seeds themselves are mature, and you'll know that uh, when that seed head begins to dry up, turn kind of a golden brown, and then the seed naturally begins to fall. At that particular Perfect. time, you can be sure that, it, that it's uh, mature if you wanted to reseed. You're probably going to get some receding right now. You could mow it, but as long as you've gone this far, uh, why don't you wait until some of it naturally begins to fall? Then you know that seed is mature, and you get some overseeding that occurs. Excellent, excellent answer. That's exactly what I thought, because I see some green, and I see some golden, so I know what you're talking about. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, that's a good, you know, that's a great question. As I mentioned uh you know, it's his perennial seeds. Uh, we get a lot of seed production in northwestern Minnesota, up near Roseau. As a matter of fact, I believe that that is the principal production area for our common Kentucky bluegrass that wow. gets seeded certainly throughout the Midwest. And right now, that's exactly what they'll do. They will let that seed head mature, and then they, they harvest it with combines and other things, like you'd harvest a wheat crop just because they're after that, that, that particular seed head. But we're a little early for seed to be mature, and then that's what's packaged, of course, and distributed for, uh, uh, you know, for reseeding uh, throughout certainly the Midwest. We're fortunate, you know, you'll see a lot of uh, grasses advertised, uh, southern grasses, Bermuda grasses, uh, zoysia was so popular at one time. These are all broad-textured grasses. They're really not the beautiful common Kentucky blue we have the best grass growing area actually in the in the country if not in the world and if we get the moisture that we need we get these beautiful common kentucky blues and as i mentioned uh, they will come back for you they're drought tolerant they they uh, they resist a little bit and they go dormant for a short time but they do come back but if you want them to reseed then you have to let that seed head form just uh, as built uh, mentioned right there and you can you can certainly do some of that kind of interesting how we've got you know Dave it's, it's kind of funny we had this no mow May concept because yeah. uh, I was kind of busy we didn't have a lot of water anyway I let uh, some of my lawn just go and grow and uh, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of mowing we had to do I've noticed I've got a few neighbors now that have decided that it's no mow period not ah. just no mow May so, All right. so we're seeing a little bit of that as well and uh I've got a chuckling. I think I know there are some ordinances in some communities where you have to keep a nice, tidy, tidy lawn. But all of a sudden, pollinators have become so popular, and uh, bee-friendly lawns have become popular. So it, it gives folks that rather not mow a good excuse uh, not to mow, I guess. But I'll leave that up to the individual for sure. All right, we're heading back to the phones, Bob. Hi, who's this? That, I somehow I got cut off. It's Milt. But oh, Milt so again. Much. Okay. Answered all my questions, Bob. I appreciate your service. Thank you. Okay. Oh, Thanks for the call. Great. All good right. To hear from you, Milt. And that that really is a very good question. We do. Uh, mm-hmm. We certainly appreciate that. And I'm glad you're enjoying. Uh, this is kind of a nice hobby. You know, I think uh, Dave, you and I both uh, get a little pleasure from this. Uh, uh, and uh, I just ran into Tom Hansen the other day. He was not really a gardener. Now he's gardening like crazy. He even. <laughs> sent me a nice photo of some of his squash that were emerging, and he said, I hate to say it, but I think I got the bug. And uh, <laughs> this thing you get, 
It gets a little contagious. I use that term bug, uh, and right. we, we get a chance, and we'll talk about some of the insect issues that we are beginning to see with these hot, dry conditions we've had. But uh, certainly it is it is enjoyable. It's one of the simple pleasures. Uh, one of our sponsors there that uh, encourages uh, dogs and their pet food and so mm-hmm. forth. And uh, these are kind of uh, the simple pleasures of life with all of the... Uh, the other stuff in a materialistic society, uh, there is a certain amount of pleasure that comes from all the stuff we produce, but uh, the simple pleasures are sometimes the best, and certainly gardening uh, can be one of them. It doesn't come without its struggles, and uh, we notice that this year, hot and dry, uh, weed pressure, insect pressure, but I often think uh, you have to take some satisfaction in your successes, and you're not going to be 100% successful. That's the nice thing about a hobby. Uh, if you miss a little bit here or there, or the uh, weeds or the ground squirrel or something got a part of your crop, you just can kind of blow it off and you don't have to worry too much about it. Commercial producer, it's a little different uh, when right. they're trying to make a living doing it. But uh, here we want to keep it fun, and that's why I wanted to mention the weed thing. Uh, with all the community gardeners I've worked with, it seems like weeds become a huge issue, and if you can get after those right now, today, or the next week or so with a, a very shallow cultivation, you'll do yourself a great big favor, and I have learned uh, go ahead and cultivate or weed before you see the weeds because let me tell you, after that kind of a rainfall and the warmer conditions we've got and all the light, uh, those weeds are out there, they're germinating, they will greet you in about a week or two, three days, and then you will have wished that you had uh, just taken it a little bit of time and shallow cultivated a lot of your uh, garden plots. All right, Bob, we'll take another break and be right back. More of the Bob Olin Show here on KDAL coming up. And we're back. More of the Bob Olin Show here on a Tuesday. Bob, the weather could certainly be worse. We could be down in Texas where they've had 100 degrees plus, it looks like, just about over the entire state over the last couple of days. And that's supposed to spread to the east, too, across the southern part of the country. So be thankful we're not Mm. in the hundreds with no rain. No, that would be brutal. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, what did we get? About 85? We really haven't hit 90. I, I believe we were close, 89 or 88 or something like that. But uh, uh, Even yesterday made 80. It didn't feel all that hot, at least not at my house because I'm by the lake. But uh, it was delightful yesterday, actually. Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, as for those of us who have been here for long, long time. Uh, we sometimes grouse about the cooler weather and uh, the winter sometimes. I met my first uh, uh, climate refugee that moved in from oh. uh, Tennessee. He said it had gotten way too hot. Now he, I said, how'd you like that winter? He said, well, nobody told me about that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's certainly anyway, a... Yeah, uh, it's... He was enjoying... Go ahead, Dave. Oh, go ahead. That's. A, I was just going to say it. Uh, you, you just never know. It depends on what part of the country and is what's good and what isn't. <laughs> That's true. I think that uh, Texas, Oklahoma, right now without rain, that could be uh, yeah. pretty tough and pretty pretty brutal. That's for sure. So and when they do get rain, it's uh, usually storms and and tornadoes, and you don't want that either. No, that's very very true. And there is uh, there is no perfect location, but so far uh, we've had some pretty nice uh, nice weather. You know, I did want to touch a little bit on, um, you know, we've got all this rain event coming in. I was hopeful. This happened uh, last year, I believe, as well, where we were very hot and dry, and then the month of June was very dry. And then we got, because that's typically our, our, we get more rainfall typically in the month of June, statistically, than we do in July. Things tend to dry down. Last year, flip-flop, we were very dry in June, and we had plenty of moisture in July, so... 
kept telling myself, we just got to get through this month, get those transplants through, pull a little water, haul a little water, do whatever you have to do to keep them alive. And we might have a change in the weather pattern. And uh, that's the first time there were pop-up showers around. But on the weekend, that seemed like kind of triggered a change. And you mentioned we've got some rain coming. Uh, it is water, really, that drives all life, really. Uh, hey, everything is in a in a water solution, all of our cells, all the plant tissue, and and the nutrients that a plant picks up. So if, um, you know, there's no point, we've talked with people about this, there's no point in fertilizing if you don't can't carry that in with either irrigation or natural rainfall. With that kind of a weather pattern we've got coming, um, a little fertility might not be a bad idea now. You can come over the top. Uh, we don't like to do anything late in the season, but uh, even some of our perennials, I think of the rhubarb crop, which... Uh, uh, we didn't have a lot of water to carry it in. That might not be a bad idea. We had the great rhubarb festival over the weekend. Or was that last weekend? I get everything yep. all confused it was. with all the activities going on. <laughs> oh, it was this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, great, great. A great crop for us. We kind of uh, laugh and joke about it a little bit, but uh, that is a great crop. And I do a lot of great things with it. But maybe you tried to fertilize that a little bit earlier. I did not because it was so dry, but I think I may now that the weather patterns changed. Uh, you don't want to do much, um, certainly never after August 1st with any of these perennial crops. We want them to settle down, but if you wanted a little fertility around even your apple trees at this point, Dave, we could get a little on here. We're toward the end of June, and the water, uh, the moisture will carry it in. If it sits on the surface. Uh, it either does you no good or it actually denitrifies. Um, this nitrogen comes at least a uh, commercial fertilizer, the nitrogen does come from uh, the atmosphere where they break it down and put it in a form that plants can use. It has to be carried into the into the soil. If that just sits on the soil surface, it denitrifies, goes back up into the air where it came from, so you've lost it. But if you carry it in, so this would be the time to do that. Maybe a little fertility on your lawn. If it's come back, it's lush and green, and we can uh, count on some moisture carrying it in. I think that might not be a bad idea, but certainly... Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to do any of that fertilizing. I, I use a cutoff day about August first. That's mm-hmm. when uh, we certainly don't want to do any fertility on many of these perennials, except for the lawn. The lawn is the exception there because of the way that particular plant grows. But every all the other perennial plants, from your rhubarb to uh, your apples and other things, we want them to kind of settle down. Uh, we want them to begin to adjust, and we don't want active green growth. So. This might be an opportunity, particularly since it appears that the weather pattern has changed for us here. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I noticed the peonies that, that I have are just now starting to pop out. I imagine uh, away from Lake Superior, they're probably almost done by now. But uh, they're certainly going to be looking good this year. Great crop for us. It's a good northern mm-hmm. season crop. Matter of fact, we even have a uh, uh, Texas grower that's up in the Brimson area. Oh, really? A chunk of crop property because it's too hot in Texas, so he's growing up there for distribution <laughs> through his flower uh, business down in Texas that he can't grow them. So You mentioned yeah, uh, the Rose Garden has a nice peony uh, garden, too. Oh, they got a great mm-hmm. peony garden. And you know what? Uh, the, the only disappointing thing about our summer season, it goes by very, very yeah. quickly. So as you point out, the nice thing about the cool temperatures along the lake there and the more I think about it, the more we hear about the, the intense temperature everywhere. This is just an app that we all aware of it, but we get yeah. kind of used to the fact we got this beautiful body of uh, cold, fresh water. Well, it keeps those blooms a little longer. So here's the Duluth Rose Garden. 
And actually, the architect I just heard from, Kit Worley, uh, there may be a name for people. He designed uh, uh, certainly a lot of the uh, the Lake Walk area. That was oh. his firm that designed that. He's retired. He came from Michigan, which is a great growing area, and, and uh, had a uh, design, plant design and, and arch- uh, landscape architect business in town here, and he's retired. And uh, uh, he reached out, and uh, really fun to, to get to reacquaint ourselves with some of these folks. But he'd be... Really glad to know that that rose garden, which was uh, remember the controversy, uh, oh, there sure. was going to be no rose garden. There was always one along the lake, and the, the compromise was that wonderful tunnel there, mm-hmm. and the rose garden above it. It is really an extraordinary, uh, uh, wonderful uh, feature for the city. Great tourist attraction. I get down there. I'd like a little more time to get down there more often, <laughs> but I do make a point. Uh, maybe a couple of two three times in the course of the summer. And the peony bloom is spectacular. So yeah. kudos to uh, all of the city of Duluth, all of the employees, and the many, many volunteers that contribute to the Duluth Rose Society and so forth, and the uh, Flower and Garden Society, our master gardeners. We've got so many people that have uh, contributed as volunteers. It's, a, it's an outstanding collection, and those peonies are just going to begin to break. Don't miss that. It's spectacular. <laughs> and I believe we've got the Duluth peony, which is a beautiful peony. It's kind of hard to get some of these roots right now and uh yeah. and then people that have tried to source some of them but you can see these uh on on display and we've had uh many uh peony growers from this area and some breeders from this area in times uh past but nonetheless their contribution is is certainly still there dave so don't yeah. miss that one i'm glad you brought up the peonies for sure yeah they uh, certainly come in a variety of colors too don't they yeah, they do. There's quite a bit of variability, wow. color, shape, sizes. <laughs> uh, the only, and you know, they're they're good and hardy, uh, right. almost disease-free. We've got a uh, little bit of an issue there with uh, what we call uh, botrytis, which is a gray mold. But other than that, uh, we don't really, and in a dry like year like yeah. this, they're not a problem. Uh, deer resistant which is always nice uh, sometimes the deer will get those buds right when they're breaking below the surface but other than that ah. they tend to leave them alone which is real nice and uh, the insect issues are, are minuscule we've got ants that crawl all over them people get a little nervous about that they're after the uh the sap but they're yeah. certainly not going to damage the plant itself so they're really a very very nice uh, long-lived hardy perennial so many different varieties out there and to get the roots and buy them, they can be a little expensive initially, but you got to figure that they're going to last for a long, long time. Uh, those are the type of plants, again, we're, get, we're not going to move them around now. We do the transplanting right. in the fall. Uh, there are a couple of uh, couple of perennials, flowering perennials, that really uh, do best when we, we take the cuttings, uh, root cuttings now, and we move them around in the fall. But that's, uh, that's going to come a little later, so just enjoy, enjoy the... Uh, the magnificent bloom and again to get down to the Duluth Rose Garden those of us that live in the area sometimes we take these things for granted and it's all the tourists that get to enjoy it so you got to get down there and enjoy it very peaceful and uh, serene and beautiful beautiful location very very special for sure all right we'll take another break and be right back more of the Bob Olin show 950 now at KDAO by the way, we are just a week away from the 4th of July, and Bob, I want to mention, too, that we won't be here on the 4th of July, so keep that in mind for next week. And I see it's the, uh, is that one week from this Tuesday, yeah, huh? Yeah, I believe so. Wow. Next Tuesday is the 4th of July, so get those uh, corns up knee-high by then. <laughs> that could be tough. <laughs> well, I might, uh, I'll have to get out in the field tonight and encourage it to grow, oh. grow, grow. All right, then. <laughs> 
Actually, if we got the moisture, uh, maybe this is the year. We get in early enough, and uh, maybe we'll have a, a little if we if we stretch those leaves a little bit. Uh, there you go. <laughs> well, we got farmers <laughs> farmers markets oh, coming indeed. up uh, tomorrow and again Saturday, right? Yes, we do, and uh, we've got uh, the Duluth Farmers Market. That's 14th Avenue East and Third Street, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the original farmers market that goes back a long, long time, of course. Uh, to 1908, and that's uh, been moved a couple of times. The market itself, the original building, some of the structure, of course, is still there, which is rather remarkable. We reworked it a couple of times, but nonetheless, uh, it's lasted a while. So that's uh, this Wednesday from when until uh, from uh, two until five mm-hmm. on uh, Wednesdays, and then Saturdays, twelve until noon, and uh, the crops are beginning to come in. I bet we yeah. get to after the. Yeah, they're, they're starting, and uh, after the 4th, that's when we really start to go in July, and things start to really roll at that point. And, you know, we're not, uh, we love the farmer's markets. We love the local uh, product. We do have a civic center market going on on Thursday, so people have opportunities, various places. We want to encourage people, whatever the source is, to eat right. better and to uh, to uh, uh, take advantage of the local product. You will find that the local product is really extremely fresh, extremely great, very nutritious, and, uh, uh, you know, you just want to take advantage of it. Short season, we got, uh, mm-hmm. what, 20 growers in the Duluth Farmer's Market, and it's all locally produced product, and uh, it's uh, it can be a little bit of a chore and a little bit of a struggle, so when it gets <laughs> there, we appreciate the fact that uh, we've got good local customer support there. Got time for one quick question, I think. Hi, who's this? Uh, this is Greg from Duluth. Go ahead, uh, Greg. Boston. Bought some blueberry bushes. Oh, all right. Well, bought some blueberry bushes about a month ago, and I've kept them in the pot because it's been so dry. Uh, What do you suggest in terms of uh, transferring those now? Oh, okay, but that's a good, good question. Uh, And let me ask you, is your site all prepared? Uh, The big thing, you know, you're going to be, we've got some of the blueberries. Are these the Minnesota half highs that you bought in the containers, the North Blue, North Sky, Chippewas, and so forth? Yes. Wonderful. So you got got the right varieties. That's extremely important. Uh, Don't rush the process. They're very, very long-lived. We've got the original planting of the breeding came from. Those are 50-year-old plants at this time. So you don't want to rush the process. You want to get them in properly. Uh, what does your site look like at this point, if I can ask? Full sun, good drainage? Uh, yeah, I think it's more about, I think it's more about uh, the, the nutrients and, and uh, you know, just making sure that uh, proper soil. Yes, I, I really think that, uh, what I, have you taken a soil test yet? No. Okay, this is, I'm, I'm cons- most concerned about pH. If there's a pH uh, issue, you, you've got to get acidic. And before you put the plants in the ground, you want to make sure that they are. Uh, I, you want to just make sure that you've got your pH down about 4.5 to 5. Now, you can do that at uh, University of Minnesota, University of Wisconsin, get a soil test in. I don't think you've got them in containers. You're taking care of them. I wouldn't rush putting them in, particularly in the month of July here uh, coming up. So uh, unless you've got good water available, you could go ahead. But uh, we want to, you're going to get a great opportunity, uh, particularly in the very early fall, like August at this particular point. So uh, I think what I would do is I would uh, 
be sure that I had that site prepped. I want all the perennial weeds out of there, uh, good drainage. I want you to take a pH test because we, you know, our native soils are going to have a pH around neutrality, maybe six, eight, six, nine, seven, depending on where you are. We've got to drop that all the way down to 4.5 to 5. The one opportunity you really have is at planting time. If your pH is high, you can incorporate acid sphagnum pedos. You can work sulfur down into the ground. So at this point, don't rush planting them because we're coming into the toughest month of the year. Make sure you keep watering them, of course, and keep them growing But uh, in the containers. But I would make sure my pH was down. I'd make sure I had all the perennial weeds out, and then I'd, I'd prepare to plant. Uh, you could do that uh, any time as long as you've got the water, but uh, I would say maybe early August would be a good time to shoot for and make sure if your pH is high, you can work some, you can get granular sulfur. You can work that into the soil down into the 8, 10 inch line. It takes a while for that sulfur to drop your pH. So we're still in the uh, in the prep point at this point. Ideally, if we could go early in the spring with plenty of moisture, that'd be an ideal situation, but the second best time is probably during the cool conditions of early fall. Does that help at all? Well, it helps quite a bit. Good. Uh, it was uh, risky there for a while. So. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I, if it's hot and dry, you do not want to put those out. And this just gives you a nice little opportunity. Uh, typically, July turns hot and dry. Typically, we don't know what's going to happen this year, but that's the toughest month probably to put transplants like this in the ground. So you've got to, you know, they're not inexpensive. You've got quality product. Keep them in the pots. Keep them watered. Don't overwater, but make sure we get that water running through there. And then uh, take your pH. Uh, if you need to adjust the pH, let's get that bed prepared. Let's work in the sulfur. Let's work in the acid, uh, sphagnum peat moss. And then put those real vital and uh, well-grown plants in about August 1st. All right. Bob, we got to wrap it up. Thanks for the call. Great. Appreciate it. And Bob, will catch you in two weeks for another Bob Olin Show here on KDAO. Well, that'll be fun. Wishing everyone a very happy, very safe 4th <laughs> of July, and we can all celebrate this great country. We get to do all these great types of things like gardening. All right, Bruce Siski follows news next. Your home for Bulldog Hockey. Let's go!